Yeah, I just want to thank all of you for being the community that you are this morning. I, I really, I really do. We come together here every week. We sing. We listen to the word, uh, you know, and then we go home and we we face the upcoming week, right? That and and this morning is our though our collective experience. We do this part together as a family, right? And that, uh, but what is not seen by everybody together collectively is what happens uh, behind the scenes, right? I'm always amazed. I, I'm truly, and I'm saying this sincerely, I'm amazed at the amount of support and love that is expressed to this community here at Elam. Very, very proud of that. I'm encouraged because it, it's a reflection of what we read about in the early church. It really is. And uh, we are a true Christ-centered community, a Christ-centered kingdom. And, uh, you know, as the pastor here, uh, I can't help but be so proud. I'm so proud in the right way, as my grandmother used to say. <laughs> so proud of you in the, in the right way that we are operating in this expression of church the way that we are intended to. I'm very, very proud of that. I hope that you're encouraged by that as well, too. It's something special. It's something holy. It really is. And uh, here's what I know. I know that when you are not in church, uh, your perception uh, and faith in humanity becomes very uh, embittered very quickly. It really does. And that just happens when you observe, you know, what's going on, when you tune into the news, when you look around you, you know, when you see the, what's happening in the world around you, uh, it's very easy to become not so thinking nice, so nice things about humanity. There's, you see the depravity of, of humanity, right? But when you surround yourself with people who are in Christ, what's the difference? you actually see Christ as well. You see Christ. You don't see the, the humanity. You see Christ. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So thank you. Hey, thank you for your commitment to this body, and may the Lord bless his people. Amen? Amen. 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 Yeah, so last week I, I spoke about uh, the battle that David faced uh, when, he, when he went up against Goliath, and that the victory was actually won even before... He, he, he swung that slingshot. He already actually won the battle before that happened. And uh, I was praying this week uh, that, uh, well, what, thinking about what I was supposed to preach about, and I just kept thinking about Jonah. And, uh, and since then, I've been trying to figure out why my messages have been, you know, the top 10 Sunday school stories that are out there. But here we go. It's like everything else in the Bible, though, right? Uh, you read it once, you get, one, you get one thing, but then you come back to it again, and you see something totally different. You come to it with different eyes. You come to it with a different uh, spiritual sense. The Lord deposits something different onto you every time you read his word. That's why it's the living word. It's an incredible, miraculous thing. And it's funny when you think about it, too, because there's only two main characters when you think about this story, right? There's Jonah, and then there's the whale. Those are the only two things that you think about when you think about it. But I, what's actually interesting about the story is actually it's a story about death and resurrection, and there's so many parallels here that, that point to Jesus. And uh, even, you know, and more now than ever, they, they, they've popped out to me once again and showed me the awesome, incredible victory that we have in Christ and the blessing that we have when we are in Christ and follow his direction. And better yet, Jonah shows us that, the, that you know, that, that mercy is still even expressed to us when we go down our own paths instead of his as well, too. It's a beautiful story of, of mercy as well. And so it's just an incredible story. So we all know the story pretty well, right? We all know the story pretty good? Yeah. Yeah, so let me just point out some of the interesting things, though, in summary. Uh, is that, uh, first of all, Jonah 
is a very unusual prophet in the Old Testament. Why is, it, why is he unusual? Because he's a prophet, but he doesn't take his own advice. He doesn't take the own, his own word that's delivered to him. <laughs> it's pretty unusual. Imagine a prophet here saying, oh, no, you need to go out into the streets, and everybody goes out into the streets, and then they end up going to Swiss Chalet. It would be that kind of thing, right? It's a very unusual prophet in that, in that sense. He was reluctant to carry out what he was prophesying. So he's commanded by God to go to the city of Nineveh and tell the people that they should expect intimate judgment from God. That things are going to be really bad really soon if they don't turn from their ways. And Jonah was pretty happy about that. He thought, that was, yeah, these Ninevites, they need to be told what to do. Uh, but I don't want to be the one to do it, is what basically Jonah was saying. Right? They're evil people, but Jonah refuses to obey God's command. Instead, tries to flee God's direction by going to the port of Joppa and uh, trying to get a, a ride down to Tarshish, which is basically kind of like a coastal resort town. Uh, so he, he wanted to go so far opposite to the, the, the evil Ninevites and go to somewhere else where it was kind of nice. It was like a nice Mediterranean kind of, you can imagine that, how beautiful it would be, right? Nice resort town to go to. So once the ship had set sail, going down towards uh, Tarshish, what happened? A storm erupts. God's not happy about it. And the sailors start to think to each other, well, you know, who, who angered, what, what God did we anger for this to happen? And so what do they do? They start drawing straws, and, and Jonah's name comes up. And he's like, yep, that was me. I've angered my God. I didn't do what he was telling me to do. And they're all trying to figure out what to do. And then Jonah finally says, you know what? Just throw me overboard. This is, this is the end. This is the end. Just throw me overboard. They didn't want to, but they did it anyways. And what happened? The storm ceased, right? The storm stops immediately. And then what happens? Jonah is swallowed by a giant fish, which God placed in the prophet's path. This is a funny story. I remember we were listening to it in Sunday school and thinking, wow, this, is, this could be a good cartoon or something I could watch on a Saturday morning. It's pretty exciting stuff. Jonah spreads the next three nights in the belly of the fish, during which time Jonah passes the time praying to God and singing. And after three nights have passed, Jonah reluctantly agrees to do what God asks. And so God tells the fish to basically puke him up. Puke him up so that he can do what was asked of him. Funny story, isn't it? It's hilarious. Now, most times as an adult, you'll hear the main message of the book uh, of Jonah is that God cares how we, uh, how we as believers care about those who are deeply different from us. The Ninevites were totally different than Jonah. And it's a story about you know, how we, we, we should really care about uh, people that are different than us. And it's a story that we do need to hear today for sure. Because uh, even historically, we know that the people of Nineveh were very horrible people. There's, there's evidence, historical evidence showing that the people in Nineveh were extremely good and creative at torturing people. Uh, so they were horrible. They were, they were not good people. And in fact, Jonah going to Nineveh would have been the equivalent of sending a rabbi to Berlin in World War II. It would have been that different. It would have been that hard uh, because the, uh, the, the, the Jewish people were, were fearsome enemies of the, of the Ninevites. Uh, so why would God do this? And one thing I've noticed is that when God calls you to do something, it quite often doesn't make much sense. Have you noticed that? I know you have some believers that have been believers for a very long time. If God calls you to do something, it's often not what you would first assume that you need to do, correct? Not something you, you quite often make sense in our natural lives. And, uh, you know, for every Nineveh that we're called to, there's also a Tarshish that you'd rather be called to. Have you noticed that? Yeah, God never takes away our options. 
He never takes away our options. You always have options. You always have free will, and our humanity makes us think that the easier way to go is the right way that we're supposed to go sometimes. Have you noticed that? Yeah, so for every Nineveh, there is a Tarshish. And uh, this is what led Jonah to the belly of the beast. So there are, there's a lot to dissect from this story, but the part that was highlighted to me this week was the three days that Jonah spent in the whale. Three days in the belly of the beast. That is something, isn't it? Three days in the stomach of this fish. And certainly this is a wild story, and some theologians debate. Imagine that, theologians debating. I can't, I can't imagine it. But yes, theologians debate whether or not this story is factual. If it's historical fact, some people are thinking, well, maybe it's just an illustration. You know, maybe it's a parable. Uh, you know, some have suggested that, that even that the story itself is written very satirically and that it's like a, it's a, it's a comedy. It's a funny learning lesson that we're supposed to pick up. And, uh, you know, I'm not a theologian, but I do have a lay response for, for this debate. And it's like, it, you know what? It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. It, do, it doesn't really matter. Personally, I believe it does matter. I believe it, sorry, I believe it is historical fact. Uh, only because Jesus mentions it in Matthew. He, answers, he actually brings it up as an example to the Pharisees. The Pharisees were saying to him, hey, give us a sign. Give us a sign. What does he say? A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus brought that up. So I've, I'm inclined to think that this probably did happen. So putting aside the argument that, uh, you know, the story gives us some very good lessons about the limitations of our humanity, and more specifically about how at odds our will is to God's will, how stubborn we are to God's commandments. Like our will is always kind of at odds with what God wants us to do. That's part of the sinful nature that we have. So what do I mean by all this? Well, Jonah's was, will was only changed by spending three days and three nights in the belly of the beast. That's why it took three days and three nights. Think about how horrible those three days would have been uh, going into the belly of the beast and, and just being there for three days and three nights. How dark it would have been. How dank it would have been in there, right? I, I, I can't even imagine. I know when I go swimming in my parents' pool, I can't wear a wet bathing suit for more than five minutes because it's so horrible to walk around in a wet. Imagine being in the belly of the beast soaking wet in a stinky whale's belly. It would have been horrible, right? The dark, it would be darkness there. You wouldn't be able to see a thing. There was no light and there was no hope of escape. So Jonah was a rebellious, resistant believer, but God was not finished with him yet. The Lord preserved his life. And when you think about it, God could have rescued Jonah in any number of ways, couldn't he have? could have, you know, maybe he would have been thrown off of the ship and then he just bounced off the water back into the ship. It could have happened. Could have sent his angels to carry him right back in. No, you're not, you're not ending it that easily, right? But why? Why three days and three nights in the belly of fish? Because it was only after that period that he prayed, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. You want to know what I love about this part? Well, for all around, I feel like a lot of us right now are, are in the belly of the beast. There's a lot of darkness right now. And maybe it's just me, but I feel like humanity is living in the belly of the beast right now. And it's dark, it's hopeless, 
and a lot of us think that, hey, this must be the end, right? Some of us even want to be consumed uh, by, by, by the dark. We want, we want it to be the end. We want God to come and say, hey, good, we're done. Let's, let's, let's finish it all. Uh, but the real true cry of the believer right now should not be that. It should be the cry of, the, of, of Jonah, who in their deep, it says here, who deep in the realm of the dead cried out to the Lord in his time of distress, knowing that he will answer. So that's the important part right there, that he will, he had the confidence, regardless of the hopeless circumstance that he was in, that everything was coming in on him, he knew that the Lord would answer him in his time of distress. I was reading uh, a little bit about this as well, too, because sometimes I like to look at some science behind this all as well, too, because that's a wild story. And uh, a lot of people have asked scientists, well, is it, or marine biologists, would it be possible for a man to be swallowed by a whale? And a lot of them are like, no, no. I mean, it's never been recorded. There is one story in history in the 1900s that says that there was a, a fisherman that, that went overboard and got swallowed by a whale, and they chased the whale down, they killed the whale, and they pulled the sailor out. And, uh, but then it's all like, oh, it's all hearsay. There's no historical proof that it happened, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, you know, also the whales have something like four stomachs or something like that too. And uh, they know that, that whales have a lot of methane in them. Uh, so it would really stink. So it would be hard for a man to survive just breathing methane. Uh, so there's all these reasons going on and on and on about how it couldn't happen. Uh, but what it didn't take into account is what just happened in 2021. And this is very interesting. This guy just got swallowed by a whale last year. Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, so he was a lobster fisherman. He was swimming 45 feet down in the water when he felt this huge bump up against him, and then everything went dark. But here's the funny part. 30 seconds later, he got vomited out by the whale. <laughs> by a 60,000-pound whale. And now all his friends call him Jonah. So could it have happened? It looks like it could have. <laughs> I love it when things like that happen. It's hilarious. He seems pretty happy too, so it's a good story. But back to, it, back to what I was saying, we need to take on the cry of Jonah in the dark circumstances that we face. Despite the hopelessness, Jonah writes, you listen to my cry. And one else I love about this as well too is that it shows us that God doesn't ever cast us off. God meets us in the depths of our despair. Every single time, he meets us where we, we need his help. Jonah, yes, Jonah is swallowed by a whale, but he's not consumed by the whale. Sometimes we are swallowed by the darkness around us, but guess what? We are never consumed by it. That's the difference. That's what some of our awful circumstances right now are doing to us. They, they crash over us. It, it encloses us on every side, like the inside of a whale. It makes, us, makes it so that it's hard to breathe. It's hard to see. But even as deep as Jonah was in the realm of the dead, still deeper within us is a foundation of love. Still within us. That can, it can never, ever be broken. Even if our souls are rocked by the circumstances of today, even if our very lives are lost in an ocean of despair, God meets us in the depths of our trouble every single time. 
and he speaks to us in the depths of our souls, and he actually preserves us from within. That's what he does. So Jonah is trapped in that whale, but, but Jonah is also changed in that whale. So how do we know that he was changed? Jonah prays for the in the belly of the fish. Not that he, like, he's not praying, Lord, deliver me from this whale. He's not saying, Lord, do, do this to me. From that dark place, he actually prays in gratitude. He prays in gratitude that he has already been delivered. It's, he said when he was praying, he was praying this inside the whale. You listen to my cry. So he was already coming at it from a point of, he, I, God's going to deliver me. I already, thank you for delivering me from this. See, he had that confidence. Why would he say that? Because as hard as the situation was, the fish was actually a, a vehicle of physical deliverance, a life preserver. It was an underwater Uber. Take him to where he needed to go. He was saved in that fish in the same way that we are saved when we are in Christ. Wait a second. Do you see the parallel there with our salvation? The sea swallows Jonah. Right now, we all have circumstances that are swallowing us. Jonah is taken into the body of a fish where his life is preserved. Our soul is preserved in our circumstances when we accept the body of Christ. That's pretty cool, isn't it? You're probably saying, okay, Pastor Joel, but uh, why does it hurt so much right now? This is really a terrible situation I'm in. Well, what does love feel like when it's saving us from our troubles? Sometimes it can feel extremely uncomfortable, right? Was Jonah comfortable? Where he was at? No, he absolutely was not comfortable in that fish's digestive system. I can guarantee that much. It would not have been a comfortable situation to be in. But the fish, it's a vessel of love. It preserves Jonah and literally turns him around. What an incredible example of repentance. Why? Because Jesus is our, our vessel of love. He preserves us from the storm. He turns our lives around. He saves us from despair. He saves us from death. He saves us from chaos and brings us to joy. He brings us to life. He brings us to purpose. He brings us to order. He brings us to love. He brings us to salvation. He brings us to repentance. He brings us to sanctification. He does it all. He turns it all around every single time. The best part, he brings us back to God. He brings us back to God. There's nothing like this vessel of love. Nothing. Thank you, Jesus. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. He answered me. From the depth of the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. That is our cry this morning. Amen? So I mentioned at the beginning that there are several parallels between the story of Jonah and, and Jesus. But what is so kind of revelatory to me is that it shows the difference also between us and Jesus as well. The difference between our sinful nature and his holy nature. And the contrast is actually quite, quite stunning. And it shows me just how much I need him and just how much I don't, I don't need my own plans. I don't need my own ideas, you know. I, what, do I, what do I need? I, I actually need his strength is what I need. I need his strength from deep within my distress. How do I know this? Because I, I'm, actually, I'm actually so much like Jonah in this story. Jonah spent three days inside the whale because of his own sin and rebellion. But Jesus, on the other hand, was different. 
He spent three days inside the belly of the earth because of my sin and my rebellion. I'm like Jonah because Jonah ran from the difficult calling God gave him. But what did Jesus do? He perfectly obeyed his Father's will, coming to earth and dying on the cross. I'm like Jonah because he was asleep on the ship during a storm which was caused by his own disobedience. Jesus also slept on a boat during the storm. But what did he do? He rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Quiet, be still! Right? Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. Jonah caused the storm, but Jesus had authority over the storm. Wow! Hey, guess what? Jesus still has authority over the storm. Whatever storm you're facing, Jesus has authority over it. Do you believe that this morning? Is the storm so strong that you think it's going to take you out? Or do you believe that Jesus has authority over that storm? He has authority over that storm. A lot of people speak about the, the sign of the prophet Jonah in that verse. In the fish, Jonah knew that salvation belongs to the Lord. Hey, guess what? You know what Jesus' name means? What does Jesus' name mean? Jesus' name means Yahweh saves. Yahweh saves. Jesus is the way of salvation. Actually, Jesus is the greater Jonah. Whatever Jonah accomplished in his story, Jesus accomplished more. How does that connect to us? It means that just like Jonah, we all have to choose to have our wills. Uh, we have to choose to have our presumptions, to have our ways, to have our thoughts swallowed up to death. What does that mean? It means that we have to lose our lives and live for a will that is actually not our own. This amazing story of Jonah, it's not only an illustration of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, but actually also ours. It's about letting go. It's about releasing control over the situation you're in. It's about releasing control over the circumstances that you find yourselves in and letting God do his will in them. It's about losing our life for the will of the Father. Isn't that beautiful? However you want to interpret the story, God used Jonah to, you know, he used that story actually to point to Jesus, what he did, who sacrificed his life. Jesus was sealed in a tomb for three days before his glorious resurrection, and now we get to share in his eternal life. We share that victory. We share the spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It now dwells in you. We may have been born in the belly of the beast called sin, but Jesus freed us for eternal life. And the best part is this, that regardless of what we are facing today, we can sing with Jonah alongside of him. Salvation comes from the Lord. No matter what you have on your plate today, salvation belongs to the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm going to call the worship team up here. Let's just... This morning, let's just give it all to him. Let's just acknowledge that not my will, but yours be done. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I don't have the blues today. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. How many people have the courage this morning to declare victory over your circumstance, even if you don't see it yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Lord Jesus, you willingly came into our world of sin to save us. How can we thank you enough for what you've done? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, this morning we, we praise you, Lord, for the victory that we are going to receive. We will receive the victory, Lord. We cry out to you and you deliver us from any situation, from any circumstance. We know that you are King of kings and Lord of lords over all things. And Heavenly Father, sometimes it's so hard to see. It's so dark. It's so, it, it just seems so hopeless. But we know that deep within us, we have a hope. We have a hope that can never be crushed, that can never be defeated. And so, Lord, we, this morning, we just, we just reach into that hope, Lord. And we just ask right now, Lord, that, that you will bring us to a place where we can see the victory that you have in front of us. Lord, that you are delivering us from all of our, our situations and you are bringing us to a place where we are fully and completely dependent on you. So we just ask right now, Lord, that you will just move in us, Lord. Lord, that we will just know what the joy of our salvation is. And Lord, that we, you will just prove yourself to us in every one of our situations, we ask. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Let's just worship him this morning. Again, how we fight our battles is by, by worshiping and by praising him. So let's just do that this morning. Let's just, let's just do battle this morning in worship and just see what God is going to do in our lives. Amen.